0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I'm Tim, and uh, we are all about educating those that are thinking about jumping into ministry, equipping those that are already in ministry, and encouraging you if you're thinking about jumping out of ministry and you haven't reached your finish line yet—the one that God put in front of you. And then our fourth one that we've recently added is to empower Christians to follow godly leaders. Well, we—you may be tuning in. You're like, I don't know anything about ministry, but I do care about my pastors. I do care about my church staff. And we want to empower you to follow them well so that you can empower them to lead well. Uh, so we're looking forward to what we have in store today. And today I, we are going to do, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and do a solo one. I'm going to share some of how I approach a funeral service and how to prepare for it, how to have the conversation with the family. This is just one of those activities. Uh, it's one of those how-tos if you're going to be in ministry for a- any length of time you're going to come across this at some point and so i thought it would be hopefully helpful Uh, i'm sure there's individuals out there that are just like i hope this is how you do it i'm doing the best that i can i i was at that point at at one point in my ministry where i was just like i think this is the right way to do it and and i would say i haven't arrived i am learning how to do this all the time uh unfortunately i have done this a lot in my almost two decades of uh, being in ministry And uh, as a result, I've picked up some things along the way. I've learned from mentors, and I want to pass some of that on to you. So let's get into this. I I think there's four specific kind of elements or um, branches that happen within a funeral service. They don't all happen. It is going to depend from uh, uh, service to service that you officiate how many of these elements you'll actually do. But I think there's four that generally happen. The first is that you're going to connect with the family. So you're going to meet with the family of the deceased. The second is that you're going to meet with the funeral home, funeral director, uh, whoever is leading the um, the whole dynamic of, of the service, like who is taking care of the body or the cremation or whatever. The third element is the actual funerals, funeral service. What, it, what are you going to do? And then if there is a graveside, the graveside as the person would be buried or wherever they are ending up in that moment. So uh, let's talk through some of these. Let's start with meeting with the family. So generally, this can happen either you get a phone call at your church office. This could be if they know you personally, they call you. Hey, would you be interested in doing this? Do you have time to do this? Um, I've had moments even in our community where I'll get a phone call from somebody in my church about another person in our community and go, hey, I don't know if they're going to ask you, but there is potential that they could talk to you. And so um, I I could find out there and maybe they do end up calling me and maybe they don't, but I always appreciate that heads up that I can start thinking through like, okay, I may have to work this into my schedule or think through this or, or, you know, whatever the dynamics go. With that, so as you would meet with the family, so that's one of the first conversations I have. Is if they're calling me, if a funeral home is calling me, I'm just like, okay, I I need to talk to the family because even if you do know the person, you know them on Sunday, you know them when you showed up as the church staff or as the pastor, you may not know them when you weren't around, and sometimes that could just uh, confirm that they were the person that you thought, like they were awesome. They were godly. And other times you find out they were a different person when you weren't around, unfortunately, but you do need to talk to the family just to get a full picture of who this person was, whether you feel like you knew them or not. So when you talk to them, uh, here's just some simple things to find out. Like you need to get to these finish line, the finish line on these things when you meet with a family. So if, just what's their name? Did they have nicknames? Did their grandpa- or grandchildren, I could be grandparents, I guess, but grandchildren uh, call them anything. Um, it's these little personal nuggets that you can have where maybe you'll say it in the service. Maybe you'll just say it as you're interacting people with people at the funeral, uh, different funeral services, gravesites. Like as people are talking, you can say one of these inside joke things, and they're like, "Okay, they get it. They know who they were." It it just acknowledges like this person's okay. It also if they're saying things in the crowd, as you're just interacting and you hear things, you're like, "Okay, so they're saying this too," and it can confirm some other things for you as well. So find out the nicknames, find out those little uh you know things in the background, those inside jokes. Uh, you want to hear the background of their life. Were there any big spiritual moments in their life? You know, obviously, if they've accepted Christ as their Savior, maybe their baptism was a big deal. Maybe they um, they struggled through something, and then all of a sudden they made this big decision. Where you know, for other people it might just be like, eh, yeah, it was just another day at church, but for them it was a big deal, and everybody understands how big a deal it was that they made that specific decision. Know those things, significant life events like. Maybe it was a retirement thing. Maybe they wrote books. Maybe they accomplished specific things. Maybe they broke records. Maybe maybe they have athletic records that they set in high school or, you know, whatever. Find out those things because the more you can understand who they were even throughout their life, the more you can talk about them like you knew them even if you didn't, okay? And you want to represent them well. Like, that is the goal. Any Any funeral that I go into... I want to walk away and go, I did the best with what I knew about their life. Like I have put you literally are writing the last like paragraph of their life and then you close the book and they're buried. And so you want to give a as good a last paragraph as you can. Some people make it really, really easy. And some people make it really, really hard. But it is on you as the officiant to do your best job to put the last paragraph of their life there so you can close the book. People can have some form of closure and comfort and then move on with their life to the best of their ability. So what were they known for? Like sometimes uh, it's significant life events, and sometimes they were just known. Like oh man, they were just always at church. Oh man, they always made cookies. Oh man, they they brought donuts every week. Oh, like what were they known for? What were the things that happened? Or they just showed up at school. Like they were they were a lunchroom monitor, and they just hung out with the kids. And they were all the kids called them grandma or grandpa. Like what were they known for? You wanted to find out those things. What were their favorite? What was their favorite color? I try to find out what their favorite color is because generally you're going to see that color popping out uh, within the funeral, right? Like whether it's within the casket, whether it's what they're wearing, Uh, maybe if it's a gentleman and he's wearing a suit, it could be their tie. I try to do my best to represent them with that color to some level. So I've done a funeral over the last year or so where uh, Coke, Coca-Cola was a big deal. And so I wore my red tie, right? Like I just, I knew Coca-Cola was going to be a big thing. And so I wore a red tie. Don't wear Pepsi to (laughs) to something you know could be Coke. Like that's a terrible idea. Uh, So if you can represent them well, even with a color, try to do that. Um, What were their hobbies? You know, you're going to just... It's going to help you find out more about them. One question that I do ask the family, and it does help me hang some different things on an outline for their service, is I go, if you could describe them in three words, like give me three adjectives that would describe their life. And, you know, a lot of times if they really did love the person and they were a quality human being, you're going to hear, oh, they were so loving, or man, they just sacrificed all the time, or. Um, oh man, they just cared about their grandkids like they they were just always there. You're gonna hear things like this, and you want to be able to capture those words or those phrases because you're gonna want to use them because as you repeat them back to them in within a service, they're gonna be like, "He heard us. He understood who this person was. He understands how we viewed them, and he is saying saying it back." And when we get to the service, I'll even connect that a little bit more. What's another thing? Um, you do want to find out if any of the family members have something specific they want to say. I generally tell them they need to write it out, okay? It doesn't mean that they're they're going to get up there and read it word for word, but you, you want to know who is speaking, if anyone is, and what they're going to say because you don't need surprises in this department when you are ending the paragraph in the last chapter of someone's life. Also, it could be very emotional, and they may not be able to finish saying what they want to say, and it allows me as the officiant to step in and go, we thought this might happen. We prepared for this. They wrote it out. I'm just going to start reading and read the rest of it and do my best job to to say the words that they wrote down, and then now all of a sudden, they can complete their thought even though they emotionally couldn't make it through. That's very important to have done do not just let people talk do not it is i mean unless the family is just like we need to open it up like you do not need to open it up for anybody to speak this is where it drags on forever this is where it can can get off the rails this is where the person that uh would say that they're not a public speaker all of a sudden is willing to talk for the next 35 minutes like it can and you don't know what they're gonna say and then they when they start rambling it can get to a really weird spot and so Just don't open it up for anybody to talk unless the family is just adamant that that's what they want. I, I, in fact, I encourage families not to do that. You want to get a feel for what the photos could look like um, because they're they're most likely they're around on poster board or canvas or something, or there's a slideshow going or something like that. Um, I find out if there's any music that they're wanting. So um, I just recently did a funeral here over the last year that uh, the 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 individual loved Elvis and so i knew there was going to be a lot of Elvis songs and and there was and i knew they would want Elvis represented and, and so you know i was trying to figure out how to uh, integrate different Elvis Presley things within the service because that is something that they wanted because that is what the individual was all about that that was one of the important things in their life uh get a feel for the attire or appearance uh some like there is definitely going to it if you don't have a suit you need to get one uh, it can be a cheap one that just looks nice um, if you are going to splurge on anything in ministry i would say splurge on one really really nice black suit um, it hides stains better than a lighter one and you can pretty much put any color with black and be okay and you will want to be comfortable when you're in a suit and so I spent way too much on the suit that I have because when I wear it, I want to feel good because I generally, as you can tell often, if you watch the YouTube version of this podcast, you know, I like being comfortable. I like wearing things that feel comfortable. Suits are not totally comfortable to me. And yet I wanted to be comfortable in it because if I'm not comfortable, I'm not putting other people at comfort. So this is the one thing I would say splurge on if you can Um, no, if they're, and there's other times where they're like, we're all wearing jeans. We're all wearing this. We're like, we're all wearing our hair up like this because that's what grandma did. like, you're, you want to have a feel for what the appearance and attire is going to be, because if you can match it or lean into it or bring recognition of it, those are important things that you can do. Um, no, if there's any special requests, I already said, you know, the Elvis side of things was one of those within one uh, funeral that I recently did. You want to know if there's special requests where they kind of do have an expectation that it's going to happen. And if it didn't happen, they'd be like, that was kind of weird. I feel like we were pretty obvious that we would hope this happened. You don't want to hear back that that didn't happen. Do they have any favorite... Bible passages or scriptures or Bible stories or accounts or, like, did they always talk about one or were they always excited when a pastor preached on a specific message or did they have a specific message that they always talked about? Like, know those things because if you can—that's easy, easy ways to get verses that you're going to use in your service and build it around because when you— uh, when you do it and you say, this is one of their favorite verses, or this, they had this highlighted in their Bible, or if you can say that any family member that would be like, I, I don't love Jesus. I don't love it when we talk about God. It's like, yeah, but they loved this. So, so it brings down the tension level. If you can acknowledge that they really liked this passage, especially if you're going to lean in on the gospel and it may not be the most gospel-friendly environment. You're saying it through the eyes and lens of somebody who wanted it to be said, and they all go, well, that's grandpa. He would want that. It brings down the level of tension in a moment where it could be very tense. Um, the last question that I almost always ask family members. I wait till the end when I feel like, okay, we've talked about it. They're done talking about their life. We've asked all the questions. We've done everything. I will ask this specific question. I do it at the end because it always brings an emotional response. And when it brings that emotional response, I want to be able to show comfort and care before I walk out the door, okay? And so that first, the last question that I ask is if they could say one more thing at their funeral, what would they say to you, right? And in that moment, they're thinking about them and maybe even the last thing they did say to them. And so it can be a very emotional response. Um, you will want to have Kleenex or tissues ready. Uh, if, you, if they are meeting in a space that you can kind of control, uh, do that. I should say this. Uh, if I try to meet in a space that's comfortable for them. So like if they are say, yeah, you could come over to our house. I go to their house. Uh, the reason for that is I want them to be very comfortable in the environment where they talk about something that's very difficult. And so maybe even bring the tissues or Kleenexes with you. Uh, so that's kind of the meeting with the family. So let's move on to the second section of connecting with the funeral home or the funeral director. You need to do this. So when you find out who is uh, hosting it, who's handling the the care of the body, those types of things, you need to call them. You need to find out from them any details that uh, that are that you need to make sure of. So make sure that you have the correct times and dates. Don't assume that the family that is grieving just told you all the correct information. They probably did because it's important to them, but they're in a tough situation right now and they may have told you things incorrectly. So talk to people that aren't as emotional, which is the funeral director, and they should be able to tell you correct dates and times. Where is this at? Where's the graveside? Um, ask questions about the location if you're not familiar with it. So like, how's the parking? Where do you need me to go? Um, Is the venue big enough for the amount of people we're expecting or is it going to be pretty tight? Uh, Is there going to be a microphone or am I going to be expected to project? Uh, You're going to need to know those types of things if you haven't already spoken in this venue. And it helps you build a relationship with the local funeral homes and funeral directors because if you're there very long, all right, so I've had two different churches now that I've almost been at for almost a decade in both locations. You're gonna do plenty of funerals in that area and you're gonna wanna build a relationship with them because you'll probably see them often. And so it's, it gives you an opportunity to build that relationship with them. Um, so find out about those types of things. What's ex- What are they expecting of you? Like, are they expecting you to run the whole show? Are they gonna get things started? Are they gonna wrap things up? Um do they have a little bit more control within the dynamics? Or are they expecting you to take full control? Um, do they know anything about this family that you need to know? So, like, the family can say one thing and they can give you details, and it doesn't mean that they were being dishonest. They just may have forgotten things in the scope of so many things happening. And, and so, you just you need to ask, like, hey, the family mentioned this. Is that sound correct? And or it's like, hey, um, is there anything? That maybe they may have forgotten to mention to me as you you talk to them so is there any details that uh like i need to be aware of where it's like if i don't know this it's a problem like can you so like the elvis thing may be one of those things where it's like well did they tell you that they're going to play a bunch of elvis songs yes they did okay so that's a good connection or maybe like no they never brought up elvis at all that that would be a good catch right you need to know that um does the funeral director have an order of service? So are they already building an order of service and they're plugging in a song here and you're going to speak here and there's a prayer here? Or are they expecting you to give them an order of service? Because as they're putting uh, their little pamphlet together in the person's life, they may want to include a specific verse. They may want to include an order of service. And so if they want to do that, you need to be prepared to give that to them. Also connect with them and ask about uh, fees, right? Right. So uh, if you're expecting to receive a fee, which I have no problem with that expectation within ministry. If, if you're expecting a fee for work, uh, some churches view this as part of the job. Other churches say that's not part of our job. And so you just got to know where you're at with that. Are you okay doing it for free? Are you, are you okay if you receive no compensation? Are you expecting compensation? You will want to bri- bridge that gap with the funeral director, not the family. Talk to the funeral director and just say, hey, is there a, a, you know, am I going to get compensation through the package that you are dealing with with the family or does that come straight from the family? So if that's important to you, you want to ask the funeral director that question, not the family. The family's going through enough. They don't need some pastor asking them that type of question. Okay. And there are times where um, I do, I would expect compensation, especially if they don't go to our church. Like I am absolutely doing it knowing it's more than my job, at least in my current location. And um, and so I will connect with a few, like, hey, I don't mind doing this. Is there compensation involved with this? And sometimes they may say, not really. And then I just have to choose. Do I want to be a good shepherd that just says, I don't care. I'm just going to care for this family. Or is it like, you know, I just don't, I don't have time to do it, and I can't give extra time right now for no compensation. you got to make that decision. Everybody's going to be different, and it may be case to case. It might be. Uh, You do want to know if there's any special elements within the service. So if they were military service, there may be uh, like a 21-gun salute. You want to know that before you show up. (laughs) You want to know that's happening. Um, You want to know, are we like walking out of the funeral home? There are times where they expect the officiant to walk in front of the uh, pallbearers. There's times where they have specific traditional things that they are expecting to, you to do. You want to know that before you get there, and then you're just gone, and they're like, well, this is supposed to happen. Where where did Tim go? I don't even know where he went. Like You need to know those. And maybe you just took off and went to the graveside. They need to know, like you need to be in communication and know how they're expecting this to happen so that it can happen well. Um, you do want to find out, like, uh, there are times where I will drive myself to the graveside, and there's times where I will ride with the funeral home funeral director to the graveside. That, it can happen, it's case case basis. Um, there's times where I have let the funeral director know, like, hey, I'm pressed for time on this day. I, I'm definitely making time for this, but I need to get back as fast as I possibly can. And so they'll let me ride in the hearse, because the hearse is generally the first thing to leave, and it's at the front, and so you don't get boxed in within the parking or whatever. And I I do it I I um, take care of the family to the best of my best of my level on the graveside and the funeral director knows I need to leave and so they will care for the family to let the officiant leave because they know it's there's a time crunch so that communication can help care for the family while you can still move on to a very busy day that you may have you need to have those conversations beforehand. All right, let's move on to the service elements so. Um, services are always interesting. I try to give the family a heads up about how long I think they'll go. So I generally leave myself about 15 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes is about how long I'll go. I just know that I've done enough of these. I've put it together enough. I know for me, it's about 15 to 20 minutes. Beyond that, um, if they add a song in, for every song, you're figuring about five minutes. Okay. So if they're like, we want these three songs and we want you to talk, and then we have this special, like, Uncle Bob's going to say this. Uncle Bob, I give like three to five minutes maybe. And so I'm building a service in my head. And so when I'm done talking to the family, I can go, okay, this service is going to be about 30 to 35 minutes long. Does that sound appropriate to you? And they may be, they may go, Oh, we were kind of thinking an hour and I'm going to be like I am not talking for 40 minutes. Like I don't think I can do that in this like I mean if you want a full-blown full worship service, I guess we can figure it out, but um so I'll generally go okay, um or they may be like, "Whoa, that's longer than we thought." And I'll be like, "Well, I'm going to go maybe about 15, but you have three songs, which is about another 15, and then you want a special you know, Uncle Bob's going to talk, and so that's another five, and so I'll kind of build that out, and they'll go, okay. Well, maybe we only need two songs, and so they're they're helping you build that service timeline. Okay, so you need to do that with the family to some level and build all that. So when I'm sitting down to kind of walk through my outline for the service, I already know if I land in the thirty to thirty-five minute level. We were good. The family was like, "Yes, this is exactly what we wanted." And if it goes that long, you already know. Like they, they're not sitting there going, "Like this wasn't long enough," or they're not going, "Man, would you shut up and move on?" Like they've already had an idea of how long that's supposed to be. Okay. So there's usually a last song before you would start. So there's generally some song in the like they'll have the songs just playing before the funeral service would start generally you know like i'll even ask the funeral director this what's the last song before i would start and they maybe like uh so (laughs) there was one what was it i had one where it was like a game show theme music or something and and they played the game show theme music and then i started and that's how i started was you just heard i forget what it was Uh, But that was their favorite show, and here's why. And I used that to bridge into even the gospel. I I can't remember exactly how I did it because I can't remember the TV show. But it did happen, and um, it was just a way to connect where everybody could smile and laugh and then go, yes, and God's Word even connects to this. So I'll do that. So there's usually a last song before you start, and then I'll get up. I will generally start with reading the obituary, okay? I won't necessarily read all the details of where the service is and where the gravesite. I won't generally do all that. But whatever they said about their life in the obituary is where I'll start. It also generally lists all the family members. And so I will read all the family members so they feel included into that moment. If you're going to read family members' names, read through them. That obituary gets posted pretty quickly. Read through it. And make sure there's no names where you're like, I have no idea how to say this, right? It could be a a first name. It could be a last name. You want to know how to say people's names because in a moment where you're trying to bring everybody in and capture them and say, yes, you're a part of it and I care about you. If you say their name wrong, they instantly go. Yeah, you don't even you don't even know what you're talking like you lost them in that moment. So make sure you know how to say their names. And it, I have said them wrong. Like I've gone, "Oops, I like I knew how to say it and I just said it wrong." And I went, "That wasn't right. It's actually this. That is my fault." And I'll just acknowledge it, but I want them to know I care enough to actually say your name right. There's been other t- times where I'm going, I-, "I will you have to build this rapport a little bit with the family in the process, but I will go and say the difficult, usually last name. I'll say it, and I'll go. Did I did I hit that? Did I nail that right? And they may acknowledge. i like, okay, where everybody can laugh, and they're like, yeah, it's a tough one. We know it's a tough one. We all know it's a tough one. Uh, but I'll read the obituary, and then I'll pray. Okay, so I'll pray. Then if Uncle Bob or whoever that special guest speaker is that wants to say something, I will have them say something after I've done the obituary. After I've prayed, I'll transition to them. They'll read their thing or say their thing, or uh, maybe they can't finish it, and then I will finish it by reading it, and then we will go into like a song or something uh, if they want it. If they don't, I'll just I'll say that is um, from the family. Now let's hear from God's Word. When you're talking about God's Word, this is where I use the three descriptors that they gave about their life here's the thing. There are going to be funeral services that you're going to have with individuals where their family does not have a lot of good things to say about them. I've had them where it's like, if you could describe them in three words and the three words are like, I can't repeat those in somebody's funeral service. <laughs> like I can't say those. And so I'm like, okay, this is not helpful. Um, If that moment should arise where you're not hearing the, they were so loving and they were so sacrificial and they just cared about everybody and they just would give you the shirt off their back. Like if you're not hearing those types of things and you're hearing more like, "Uh, we're glad they're passed on. Like if you're hearing more more of those types of words, here's what you need to do. You need to go, I'll read the obituary. Uh, I may pray and I'll be like, that was so-and-so's life. We we've we've talked about their life. Now let's talk about the life that Jesus gives. Now let's that was uh, I'll just call, I, I'm on the Uncle Bob thing. That was Uncle Bob. Now let's talk about God and His Word. And I'll just kind of do a hard shift where I'm no longer talking about Uncle Bob. I am talking about God and His Word. And I'll do this hard shift because sometimes there's just nothing else to talk about on the individual. And all you can do is just talk about God's word in that moment because uh, they're still feeling emotion. They may not be grieving. They may be angry. They may be, unfortunately, glad <laughs> that the individual is not there anymore. And you still got to provide God's word in that moment for comfort and for joy because it may not be grief that they're experiencing. It may be anger. And you're still going to have to give the joy of the Lord. And you're still going to have to give the peace of God. And you're still going to have to give comfort even in those moments where it may not be grief. It may be something else. Uh, so make sure you do that. So I connect God's word to who they were if I can. Okay, so those three descriptors are what helped me hang God's word on their the adjectives they gave me about their life. And then I will end in prayer. And and I always try to get to the gospel I even did it with uh, the Elvis uh, Funeral Service where our, uh, I used one of Elvis's songs and I, his lyrics, and it talked about, um, maybe I did it uh, with the Heartbreak Hotel, but I did it with the fact that even in Heartbreak, God still provides comfort. Or I, I can't remember exactly how I did it, but I did something like that. I still went to the gospel where Jesus paid the ultimate price and we can have comfort if we put give our, our life over to Him. I still get to the gospel every time, because uh, you don't know if you're going to get another opportunity. Then I will end in prayer and then I will hand it back over to the funeral director. But make sure you talk about that with the funeral director where you're like, hey, so at this point I'm going to go and I'll hand it back over to the funeral director. And that's usually where they come in and they're like, we're going to dismiss you by rose. Or they'll say, you're welcome to hang around, say your last goodbyes. And then we will come in and um, uh, have the pallbearers move uh the casket after we closed up they'll they'll do some sort of communication but i always acknowledge that i'm handing it back over for them to do whatever they need to do in that moment all right finally let's talk about the graveside let me get a drink here so the graveside is always a unique um it's always unique for me because there's so many elements that can go into it. Sometimes there's an expectation that it'll be basically another service, maybe without songs, and so you, you it, there may be an expectation where you're going another 10 minutes. Other times it's just literally walking out there, and it's that's basically it. So here's some things you're just gonna have to work through, but here's some things to think through. You need to be mindful of the weather. Is it raining? Is it slippery? Is it icy? Is it really cold? Is it super windy? Uh, is it muddy where you're going? Is it going to be so hot? Like you need to think through those things because you're going to have to be aware of that if you're going to be walking to the graveside. If other people are going to be walking to the graveside, um, if you're if you're plant like if they want you to do a longer one, and it's freezing. You have to be mindful that you've got to stay warm, but you got to keep things moving because you don't want them to get super uh, excuse me, super cold either. And so you got to think through some of that. If it's super muddy, like what type of shoes are you wearing? Cause you can wear your nice ones, but you better figure out how to clean them. <laughs> like, uh, there's all kinds of scenarios that can go into that, <clears throat> have some sort of plan and maybe even talk to the funeral home about that. And funeral director, where you're just like, Hey, have like, I've never been to this, um, cemetery what am i what should i be expecting it looks like it's going to rain could be muddy or it's it's freezing outside like do we have heaters like what's going on how far away is it those types of things uh you have the arrival so everybody arrives they usually park in a single file row they're all parked down the way everybody gets out generally the the pallbearers will take the casket and put it on uh to the grave site sometimes it can be a lengthy walk um there are times where I'm expected to walk in front of it. There's been times where I have been asked to be part of the, be, be one of the pallbearers because they just didn't have enough or they didn't have enough strong, like I'm going to say men, but there's been plenty of women that have been pallbearers, but sometimes they just have didn't have enough strong people to be able to carry it and I had to step in and just help them get there. Um, other times I've walked in front to make them aware of any holes or bad spots that they're going to be walking through. So I just try to be mindful of that. Uh, you can do all those things. Just have those conversations beforehand. Uh, you do need to know if the family has any special requests. So there, sometimes they'll they'll hand out like have a rose for everybody and everybody will walk up and put a rose on the casket. Um, that's one thing that's pretty common. They may have a special request. You just need to be mindful of it so you can communicate it well. You have opening words of just comfort. You welcome them. You thank the... the Uh, family and friends for being there for the specific family members and then uh i'll read i generally read a passage of scripture it could be one that they love and so i'm just rewind reminding them one more time they love this passage of scripture it could be just the psalm 23 if you don't know what to do and the family doesn't care and nothing's been communicated it's okay to just read psalm 23 it's a comforting psalm it's there's a reason it's popular everybody has some semblance of knowing it exists like they've heard some elements of it before and so it's just comforting in that moment where they're like I've heard this before uh, you can just read that and then I pray I pray for the family I pray for comfort I pray for peace um, I thank the I thank God for the individual's impact on their lives if you can <laughs> um, and then I'll make a few final words. And then I'll hand it off to the funeral director to kind of get things moving. If I need to get out of there at that point, the funeral director should know you've got to step in and kind of be around for the family at this point. I've got to go. Uh, If I don't, and generally I don't, I try to build in time to just hang around. I prefer to hang around around the graveside to make sure the family doesn't need to say something to me. Uh, It just can give them closure in that moment to kind of walk up to the pastor and go, "Thank you for doing this." You had kind words, whatever the phrase is, just to kind of for them, it's completed this. And there are moments where the family invites you to the lunch. If you know them well, they probably will. If you don't know them at all, they probably won't. And you just move about your day and you go on with your day. And uh, and I may check in with them later. I may check in with a third party like that knows them and just, hey, how are they doing? I may do something like that. But otherwise, uh, my time uh, was given. And I did the best I could to honor God and honor this person's life. And when you walk away, that's what you want. You want to go, did I glorify God in this moment to the best of my ability? And I want to check that box. And then did to the best of my ability, did I honor their life uh, with whatever they did with it? Uh, Sometimes it's easy to do that because it's like, man, I think I could have talked for three hours and I couldn't have captured everything. Right. The person that did Billy Graham's funeral. I mean, that's what I would be thinking about that is like, how do I capture everything in a short amount of time? And then you've got other individuals where you're like, I don't know if I can talk about their life. The best I can do to be kind to them is not talk about their life. And you do your best to just share God's word in those moments. I hope this was beneficial to you. Uh, I hope this has helped you. If there's uh, (laughs) maybe you're out there and you're like, thank you, Tim. I just got asked to do one and I found this and I'm so appreciative. Make sure you hit subscribe or like or whatever. It would help me out. Uh, if you haven't done a review on wherever you uh, listen to podcasts, I would appreciate it. Um, I hope these episodes continue to be beneficial to you, to support your pastors and your church staff, and to equip you and encourage you if you've been it. Keep going. Keep running that race. Finish strong. Jesus will get you to the finish line. He does not call you to do something if he is not going to finish it for you. We find that out in First Thessalonians 5. He will do it. Keep going. Keep running. And I hope this helped you. Uh, know how to plan a funeral service. See you next time.